If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. We'll also look at verse 44 this morning as we start a new series called Activating Agreements. Activating Agreements. I'll talk a little bit about what that means as we go along. The truth is that you hear lots of voices uh, during your day and uh, during your week. There are lots of thoughts that come to your mind. Some of them are true and some of them are not. And uh, what matters a lot in your life is who you agree with. Do you agree with voices of truth or voices that aren't truth? And the theme verse, I don't always have a theme verse uh, for the series, but the theme verse for this series is John uh, 8.32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. The truth shall make you free. So look at John chapter 8. We'll look at verses 31 to 32 and then verse 44. Uh, this morning, and uh, we'll look at, keep your Bibles open because we'll look at several verses there in John chapter 8 uh, that aren't necessarily these right here. So, look at what it says. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide or remain or hold on to my word, uh, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then you skip down to verse 44, and he says, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning who does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You and I are being scammed. We not really realize it, may not always be aware of it, but um, every week, uh, you and I are being scammed. There are a lot of tempted scams that you may not fall for. Truth is, you and I are being scammed every week, and we're falling for some of them. Also, the truth is that you are being made some remarkable offers every week, and uh, we do well when we take up those offers. We don't do well when we miss out on those offers. Every week, every week, you're being lied to, and you're being told that truth to, and the key to much of your life is what you, who or what you agree with. I, I was out hiking, I like to hike once in a while, I was out hiking in the forest here a, a few weeks ago, and um, it's getting warmer these days, and uh, as it gets warmer, the sneaky snakes come out, right? And so uh, I was hiking in the woods, and um, I come around a, a, a curve in the trail, and uh, right as I come around the curve in the trail, now I stop, I think there was black marks on the trail from where I stopped so fast. And, um, you know, it's amazing how, how on TV, whenever you have the chase scenes, Laura and I were watching one of those TV shows the other day, they had the chase scenes, they're burning rubber, changing lanes. It's like, wow, yeah, you're really fat. Just changing lanes, you're burning. I was burning rubber with my tennis shoes. And, uh, and there was a snake laying right, right in the middle of the trail, I mean, right in the middle of the trail. And so it's a black snake, and so I didn't think he was of much harm, so I didn't worry about him too much. He, he slowed him off. And, but after all, I walked a couple of steps, four or five steps, and I got to thinking about that. Uh, encounter, and I may not be right about this, but it seems like to me that I actually stopped before I truly understood what I was doing. Uh, and I, I said, I mean, it, happened, it happened so fast, right? I may, I may be wrong about that. I may not be recounting it right. But it seems like my brain stopped my body, and then I processed, that's a snake. <laughs> now, maybe it wasn't quite the same way, but whatever it was, I was watching, and I, you know, you see a lot of sticks and roots and things like that. I didn't, you know, one of, some of those, I looked, is that a snake? Is that a snake? But when I saw the snake, but it was, it was full on breaks. I mean, immediately, just like that, 
And it's almost like my brain tells my body, you stopped, then my brain processes, okay, the reason why you stopped is that there's a snake right there. You probably don't want to step on that. And the message today is I want you and I to learn how to spot the lies of the enemy quickly like that. Learn to spot scams that Satan throws our way. Because Jesus tells us that there are spiritual scams. There are literally snakes in the grass, spiritually, that lie to us, they lie to you, they lie to me, They're, they probably have lied to you already this morning, they will lie to you this afternoon, they will probably lie to you during this worship service, and they're trying to scam you, they're trying to take away from you, and the Bible also says that Jesus makes offers, not just scams here, he makes offers that are true, that you and I would be very, very wise to say, yes, I'm going to believe that, live like that, rely on him because it's Jesus that makes it. You see, Jesus offers the truth. And if we will listen to the truth, think about the truth, obey the truth, he promises us freedom. And with the wrong, with the Jews here, he's talking about freedom. And to us, he's talking about freedom. And you and I need freedom from some things, don't we? We need freedom from some things in our individual personal lives like jealousy. You might need freedom from shame. Maybe your freedom this morning that you really need is guilt. Maybe this morning it's the comparison game. You got caught up with who's doing what and who's posting what. And you need some freedom from the comparison game going on. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's destructive relationships. But the thing is... You're being lied to. Jesus is offering you truth to set you free from those things. Satan's lying to you to try to what? Get you deeper into bondage. Look at what Jesus said in John 8, 44. You are, you are of your father, the devil. And watch this. The desires of your father you want to do. There's something in all of us that's bent towards sin. Now, if you're a Christian today, listen... If you've been genuinely converted, genuinely saved, you have a new heart, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if you were in some of our Sunday school lessons this morning, you learned that the Holy Spirit is guiding you into truth. That's his job. That's what he's out about to do. Satan's trying to guide you into a lie, and the Bible says he is the father of lies. He's a murderer from the beginning, and there's no truth. Everybody say no truth. There is no truth in him. Satan is the original liar. Jesus said, I am the way, the what? Truth. truth. Yeah, truth is not just a thing. It's not just a set of ideas. Truth is a person. And so when the Holy Spirit guides us into truth, he's trying to guide us into Jesus, into a closer relationship uh, with Jesus. Titus 1 and 2 says, God cannot lie. Everybody say cannot lie. Cannot lie. One of the key things about your life and my life is being able to spot the lies, spot the truth, and then what? Agree with that because you and I are going to face this every day of our life. Who will you agree with? And the, 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 the more agreements we make with Satan, and y'all, that dude is slick. Okay? He's deceptive, he's tricky, and he's low down. There's no depth that he won't go to and lie to you. He is the slickest scammer in the world, and he's trying to lie to you and get you to say, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. And though you wouldn't do it consciously, 
It's kind of a subconscious thing. We'll see it as we go on today, how he gets us to agree with him. That's why I call the series Activating Agreements. Because if you agree with Satan, and, and when I say agree, it means you kind of go along with what he says. Your actions, your thoughts, your attitudes are going to follow. It is going to activate death in your life. It's going to activate regret in your life. But if you grab on to the offer Jesus makes, he's speaking truth, and you agree with that, think about it, believe it, and that affects your attitudes and your actions, then you have life coming into your life. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about some examples. This kind of is an introductory message. And we'll dig in a little bit deeper into some of these uh, ideas in the coming weeks. Today's an introductory message. And I'm going to just kind of introduce this idea that, and give you some examples of, of some agreements that we make. And then we're not only going to look at that, but we're going to talk about how to expose them. How to, how to spot those. And, and then we're going to end up with how to end. Those, how do you break those agreements? So first of all, let's, look, let's talk about examples. What are some examples of some everyday lies and everyday truths that we see? Because, as I said, if you agree with a lie, it affects you financially, spiritually, socially, emotionally, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your church. If you believe the truth, then it's going to prosper you. It's going to help you to grow in Christ's likeness. And so we want to look at it in John chapter 8 because I think there's some things here that will help us to spot the lies. Look at John 8, 31 to 33. Jesus is talking to some Jews who have believed him. And he said, Now if you hold on to my teaching, then you really are my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now watch what happens. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? And so here's the thing. Jesus says, I want freedom for you. I want you to be set free. And if you'll know the truth and hold to the truth, believe the truth. You see, each one of us, every one of us, me, you, all of us, we all need to listen to the truth. We need to speak the truth. We need regular intakes of truth in our life. We need to have conversations about the truth. We need to sing the truth, like we did this morning, we need to obey the truth. And remember, Jesus is truth, and so we need minds saturated with truth. We need to combat lies with truth. Now, watch what they say. Jesus offers them freedom. And they immediately say, what are you talking about? We're not slaves anybody. Never been slaves anybody. Now, interestingly enough, even, even if they did not get this spiritual, even though they didn't get this spiritual, they should have wanted freedom from Jesus. Because here he is, he says, I'm going to offer you freedom. And notice, they don't agree. The first thing they do is they get defensive. And they argue with Jesus. Now, how many of you know, if you're arguing with Jesus instead of agreeing with Jesus, going the wrong way. When you argue with Jesus instead of agreeing with Jesus, some of you might think, well, I would never do that. Well, just hang on. We'll see how we might do that. When we argue instead of agreeing with Jesus, son, you are easy, easy pickings for being a scam. They said, we've never been slaves of anybody. Well, interestingly enough, they've been slaves for a lot of their history. <laughs> their biggest festival, their biggest festival is called Passover. That's the biggest celebration of the year. Passover is a celebration of God. Delivering them 
from slavery. <laughs> it's the biggest thing of their whole years. It's a picture of salvation being set free from the slavery of sin and Satan and death. And so they said, we've never been slaves. Like, you're the biggest thing you do all year is a picture of your deliverance from slavery. And for all practical purposes, they're slaves right at this particular moment. Rome is ruling them. They want a Messiah to set them free from the rule of Rome. And even if they didn't get it spiritually, they should have said something along the idea of, yeah, you know, we want to be set free from exorbitant taxes. <laughs> we want to be set free from unfair rulers and from an unjust uh, justice system and all this kind of thing. That, that's the kind of, it should have been ready to say, yes, set us free. But instead they argue with Jesus. And so uh, let me give you a couple of examples. Actually, one example for I hear in the text. Let me give you a couple of examples in our life. One example of a lie that we tend to uh, make an agreement with is God didn't really mean that. God didn't really mean that. I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. But I don't think God really meant that. It's right back in Genesis where, where we fought, where people fall for this. And, uh, God had told them, don't eat from any tree of the garden. He says, you will not, and the Satan says to the to the pair on the ground, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows when you eat of it, uh, when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree, it was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Do you hear that? God said, if you eat this, you're going to die. And Satan's like, I ain't not going to die. God didn't mean that. I know, I know, the Bible says don't divorce your spouse, but, you know, you're not happy in your marriage, and God wants you to be happy, right? It's kind of really mean for you to live in an unhappy marriage. Now, I'm not talking about adultery and abuse. And I'm, I'm talking about people that so often today, Christian people divorce because they're not happy. And so they, they, they try to justify it by saying, I, I know the Bible says it, but, but God didn't really mean that. I know God says you're not supposed to have sex before marriage, but that was a long time ago, and everybody's doing it. And, and you know, it's just part of life, and it's natural urges. You really can't stop it. And do you see, all of those things are lies. All of those things are lies saying God didn't really mean that. And, and, and part of that agreement is God's holding out on you. God's holding out on you. You would be happier if you did it your way instead of God's way. You're missing out. You're missing God. God is causing you to miss out on some things. But I need, I need something else to make me happy. I mean, real life, I mean, real life, the adventuresome life, the full life is outside of God's will. God doesn't really love you all of that much or he would let you do these kind of things that make you happy. See, all those are lies. And when you participate in behaviors and actions and attitudes that go against what God reveals to us in Scripture, you are making an agreement with a lie. And that agreement has to be broken for you to have freedom in your life. See, the truth is, this is the truth. The truth is something like this. God loves me and is for me. Can anybody say amen? amen? Jesus offers abundant life. Satan says, oh man, you're missing out. <laughs> Jesus said, I come to have life and have it abundantly. I need something else to make me happy. The Bible says contentment with godliness is what? Great gain. Great gain. 
man, the life just doesn't work for me. Life just life is just going terrible these days. The truth is, if you're a Christian, God causes all things to work together uh, for your good if you're walking according to his purpose. So God holds us. God is with us. God is for us. I was reading a blog by Ann Voskamp this last week, and she's talking about going through a really, really difficult time. Let me just read to you what she says. She says, somebody I love is hurting excruciatingly, processing grief and loss by suicide. That's a lot. And we talked late last night, and I had vivid dreams of people that I've loved and lost. And I woke with a heart aching in raw ways all over again. Missiles are killing wailing babies and fleeing civilians in the Ukraine. Young families we love and are on our knees with are beating back cancer, stalking dangerously close with the stench of death. Can I just say it out loud? What if we all keep falling and falling? And what if I keep falling and falling? And what if death just keeps coming in all kinds of ways for all of us? Do you hear that? Her husband turns in the doorway, looks at her from the light, and says, And the truest, everybody say true. true. The truest reality is we don't belong to that story. You don't belong to that story. You belong to God. You don't belong to despair. You don't belong to sickness. You don't belong to death. You don't belong to failure. You don't belong to war. You don't belong to hopelessness or injustice or any dark story. You belong to God. That's the truth that beats back the lie. I belong to God. Everybody say, I belong to God. All that we long for belongs in the hands of God. We are never abandoned when we abandon ourselves to the hands of God. The hands that place the stars has your name etched right into his palms. And when he rose from the dead, he rose with the scars still in his palms, your name. That's the truth. Second thing I want you to see. First of all, to, 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 to look at some examples. Secondly, let's talk about exposing the lies. How do we see them? How do we spot that spiritual scammer? How do we spot those snakes in the grass? Let me give you three ways, I think, that helps us to spot the lies of the enemy. First of all, when we get defensive. When we get defensive, when I get defensive about God's truth, about Scripture, if I preach about something and you're like, mm, I don't know, man, I, yeah, I think he's picking on me or whatever, you know. When you start getting defensive, and sometimes I think God's picking on me, I'll think about something and this verse of Scripture hit me right between the eyes. And then you start, when I say it's defensive, making excuses, why this doesn't apply to me, why, you know, I don't have to do this, whatever. When you start making defense, when you get defensive, it's really a pretty good idea that fixing a American agreement with a lie. Jesus said, you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And one of the first thing they do is, with what? They get defensive. What? No, we're not, we're not slaves. <laughs> we're not slaves. I mean, yeah, yeah, Rome rules us. We can't worship like we want to. We got to pay exorbitant taxes to them. And, and it's that whole extra mile thing I wish they would do away with, and they just make us do work for them and stuff like that. But but we're not slaves, you know, we're not bound to anybody. I mean, it's where they immediately go is being defensive, and defensive is the opposite of humility. When God speaks truth to our lives, we can either get defensive and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, that's, that's not for me. Or we can humble ourselves and say, Lord, either I don't understand that, or that sounds hard, or, or that sounds scary. Lord, you know best. Everybody say he knows best. Yeah, he knows Lord, best. you know best, and I'm going to do my best to try to follow you in this. 
You see, if you or I were to walk up to the other one and say something along the lines of, so, so how's your quiet time going these days? How's, how's your Bible reading prayer time? How's your quiet time going these days? Uh, the lie, the defensiveness that we sometimes, not you, but people know the churches, you understand, right? Nobody will ever do that. People know the churches. We'll say something like this. Yeah, you know, I'm really busy right now. Really, 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 really busy. You know, you see 16 posts a day on Facebook and Instagram. They're really, really busy. They don't have time to do their quiet time. Or I just can't understand the Bible. Or I never really get anything out of that. Or I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to do that. And see, these are spiritual scams. Satan trying to get you not to spend time with the Lord. Why would you not want to spend time with the one who loves you more than anybody? And so the truth, what you beat that back with, is to say something like this. We can do nothing apart from him. His sheep hear his voice. Lord, I thank you that I belong to you and I can hear your voice. God's voice is the most valuable voice in the universe. Lord, if I don't hear from anybody else today, I want to know what you're saying about my life. Because your agreements, whether you agree with truth or lies, it's the way that you're going to interpret life, people, circumstances, all that has to do with your agreements. And the Spirit can teach us His Word. So we get defensive. Secondly, we get disobedient. When we're disobedient, there's usually an agreement under that somewhere or another. And what I want to get us to do during this series is not just focus on action but motive. What's underneath that? What's the thinking that causes us to go that direction? There's some helpful words here in verses 28 and 29. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He, and I do nothing on my own. That's sort of amazing that Jesus would say that, isn't it? As, a, as God, he's all-powerful. But when he became a man, he surrendered some of that and said, I'm going to live as a man, totally dependent on my Father. But I just speak what the Father has taught me. One who sent me is with me, has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. You see, when we're disobedient, it's usually because we're doing what we want to do. Right? And the key is to have a heart that says, I want to do God's will. You miss it sometimes. I miss it sometimes. We try to confess as quickly as we can. We try to repent of that. We miss it sometimes. But when my heart, but my true heart desire is to go away from God and not live wholeheartedly for God, son, I am easy pickings for a spiritual scam. I'm easy pickings to make an agreement uh, and disobedience. Typically, typically the lies, typically all the lines of, and we would never say this probably just to God's face, but it's what we do. I want to do my own thing. I want to do what I want to do. And I want to spend my time the way I spend my time. I want to do, spend my money the way I spend my money. What's underneath that? I can do it better than God can. And that's the agreement that many people are living with. Today. And you got to know that's what I'm doing. I am living with, I'm going to do what I want as best I can, and I'll tack a little God onto it when it's not too uncomfortable. Last one is distress. So, so the defensiveness, disobedience, and distress is the other place where agreements come from. And here's the thing, and, and it's understandable, because if you go through something, this reason I use distress, I almost use difficulties, but distress is really it. When you go through something really, really hard, You've got to figure out a way to get through it, right? you just got to figure out a way to get through it. 
and you tend, and I tend, to grab what gives me instant relief. Just wants some relief today, and oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes I'll make an agreement with the enemy to get that. Oftentimes, instead of waiting on God's best, instead of doing the hard thing, which is not trying to find something to medicate or relieve me or instantly like, anything like that, I, hard times are hard to go through and they're easy to make an agreement with the enemy out of that. Things, the, the lies that often come up during our times of distress are things like, man, things never work out for me. I need something else beside God. I've tried God. I'm in a mess. I need something else beside God to make me happy. I'm missing out. Things will never get better. God, I thought he had my best, but it sure doesn't look like it. God's just not enough right now. I read a guy named John Eldridge. John Eldridge was raised with an alcoholic parent. And what John said is he learned growing up with an alcoholic parent is that this particular parent wasn't there for him. Promised to be there for the ball game. Promised to be there for the play. Promised to be there for the award ceremony. But wasn't didn't show up. And the agreement that he made out of that, and he said it worked fairly well as a teenager, the agreement that he made out of that was, I'm on my own. Something's going to happen, got to do it myself. And that's the agreement. But when he became a Christian, he never really saw how damaging that agreement was, and it really showed up in his marriage. Because what? He has this agreement underlying his life that says nobody's going to show up for me. So what? He's emotionally unavailable for his wife. Never really confides. Hides in his work. Hides in achievement. Never really opens up to her about the hurts and the, and the heartache and, and let her share in the grief part of his life. And because of that, they go through this really difficult time in his marriage because of an agreement he made in a time of deep distress. So last of all, how do we end it? break the agreements. We're going to talk a lot about this, okay? We're talking a lot about this in the weeks to come. How do you end these agreements? How do you break them? And, and the, the key thing, you know, the key thing as we look at the examples, the, the exposing and the ending, the key thing about breaking agreements is you replace a lie with the truth, okay? Replace the lies. When you see that you're falling for a lie from the enemy, you replace that lie with the truth. So, just mentioned a couple of things today about how you end it. First of all, it takes a desire. The desire to break agreements is a desire, as Jesus said a minute ago, to always do the things that please God. This is not a way to get your way. This is not a way to live free from pain and heartache and discomfort and social awkwardness. There, there's no way to do that. Okay, Everybody lives with those kinds of things. Look at John 8, 29. The one who sent me is with me. And has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. I don't want to please God, I'll fall for a lie. I grew up in church and knew that I needed to give my heart and life to Jesus from the time I was about 9 or 10 years old. And I resisted that and I fell for the lies of the enemy. Made agreements with the lies of the enemy. And I got really good at it. Because here's the thing. If you don't want to really please God, if your desire is not for God, you'll be haunting a lie. <laughs> you'll haunt one, and how many you know Satan got a packet full? And I would come to church, 13, 14, 15 years old. I got saved when I was 17. 
But I can remember at 13, 14, 15 years old, boy, God just convicted me so much of my sin. I so knew I needed to give my heart and life to Jesus. I so knew I needed to be saved. And y'all, sometimes before church ever even started, I was hunting an excuse why I couldn't get saved that day. Oh, I, I, if you don't have one, I'll give you a few. <laughs> sometimes I would be sitting in the middle of a few. And so my excuse was, well, oh, I don't want to step on everybody's feet and get out, you know. They would have jumped out of that pew and threw me a parade if they knew I wanted to come out and get saved. That, it doesn't have to make sense, right? <laughs> the other one was, today's not a good day. Sometimes I can come up with why somebody I knew wasn't there, somebody I knew was there. <laughs> that would flow both directions. And uh, sometimes I'm like, well, the sermon really wasn't on salvation today. I don't know my pastor would have been so disappointed if I'd have got saved on a day when the sermon wasn't on salvation. I know he would have. <laughs> hurt his feelings, right? And so you, you end up hunting a lot if you desire not to please God. Second that way, though, that we break. The first way is, is, is to say, Lord, I really want to please you. I'll live truth. Second thing is, it's to decide. But to decide to hold on to the truth. Look at John 8, 31, 32. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You have to hold on to the teaching. Here's one of the things I want to ask you to do all through the series now. God, show me. And I would love for you just to ask Jesus in the quietness of your heart right now. God, show me the lie that I'm believing and the truth to replace that. God, show me the lie that I'm believing right now and the truth that I need to, 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 to replace that with. Craig Groeschel, who's founder of Life Church, if you got the Uversion app, his church is one that developed that. Uh, he said that what he's taught people in his church about replacing lies with the truth, he said, I teach it, he said he especially teaches it to the teenagers because they tend to do it better than the adults. They'll listen a little bit better and they're willing to get outside their comfort zone a little bit better. He said, when you find the truth that you think it, write it, and say it until you believe. Okay? Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. So here's your weekly growth suggestion for this week. Ask God to show you an agreement you've made and the truth to replace it with. Remember the snake in the grass story. Spot it quickly. What is the biggest Bible verse or the biggest Bible truth that will help you live free in Jesus this coming week? Last of all, there's the destination. You have to ask yourself, where is this leading you to? If I continue believing I can do this better by myself. If I continue believing that me doing my own thing is better than God, that God's holding out, that I, I can live half-hearted for God and I'll do better than, than full-on with God, where is that going to end up? Where is that going to end up at? Because Satan is a liar. And he's a murderer. you got to know the end of his lies not going to be abundant life. Jesus is truth. And you know, a man who would die for you and rise from the dead and offer abundant and eternal life would have your very, very best of heart. And so we've talked about today. The examples, the exposing, and the ending. Will we replace agreements with a lie, with the truth? Several years ago, I was sitting at my computer, minding my own business. I was actually trying to mind God's business. <laughs> I was writing a sermon, and I uh, tried to do what the Lord wanted me to do. And this is this is several years ago, kind of at the beginning of these internet scam things, right? 
okay? So these things weren't a, were a big thing in these days. So I'm sitting at my computer, and I don't know, you know, I update my computer once in a while just because I can't run the programs. I don't, all I need to do is just, you know, do a little research on Google and write my sermons and do my checkbook. That's about all I really need to, to do. I don't need to, so anyway, I'm just sitting there. I don't know a whole lot technologically challenged. And I'm typing on my computer when all of a sudden it goes haywire. I mean, red lights come on, that actually, they went, rawr, rawr, and it said that my computer was about to be destroyed, I'm about to lose all my files, and me and all my loved ones are going to be taken into captivity. <laughs> so the last part I made up, but it did say that your computer has a virus, and you're going to lose everything, it's terrible, it's going to explode, all this kind of stuff, but, but... There's a program already on your computer that you can activate. And, um, and you just call this number and they'll tell you how to activate it. And my, my computer literally making noises. And there's red lights flashing, you know, like, well, all right. So I call the number up. And I say, uh, you know, how do I activate this thing? And they say, well, um, really, really, really what you need to do is get our program that'll clean it all up for you and protect you from it. I said, well, how much is that? And he didn't really say a whole lot. You know, he's kind of talked around things. And warning bells started going off about them that I should have listened to. And uh, I said, well, uh, well yeah, I'd love, I'd love to do that work. But now you're saying it doesn't cost anything, right? And kind of him, oh, yeah, yeah, something like that, you know. And I said, no. So, so let me make sure I get you right. This does not cost me anything. Right. And then he said, do I have permission to do this? And I said, yes. And so he did it, and I got a $200 charge on my MasterCard. <laughs> so I called him back up, and it uh, took a while to get there. And I uh, said, um, hey, you know, I called you all a while back, and uh, you put this thing on my computer, and uh, said it wouldn't cost anything, and uh, it cost me $200, and I want my money back. And they said, well, well no, that's what it cost. And I said, well, y'all didn't say that. And they said, well, you gave us permission to do that. And I said, well, yeah, I asked you, was it going to cost anything? And they said, would you like to hear the playback of the tape? And I said, well, not really, but they said, listen. And, and so the guy says, do I have permission to do this? And my voice says, yes, and the tape ends. I said, play the next sentence. <laughs> play the next sentence, play the previous sentence. Play the previous sentence where I said, you're promising me this doesn't cost anything. Well, they didn't have that sentence. So uh, I eventually got the money back. Your pastor got righteously indignant at that point, by the way. Which means I got mattered. I've been a long time. <laughs> right? Why? Because I've been scammed. I knew better. Right? And listen, you're sitting here right now today, and you're thinking, I need to get saved. But you're getting scammed. If you're sitting here this morning saying, well, I've been committing this sin over and over and over, and I need to repent, I need to get that right. But I'm going to wait until you're being scammed. If you hear today say, man, there's a burden on my heart that I've been holding on to, and I'm worrying, fretting, and I need to go to the altar, and I need to surrender that to God. But I don't know what people think. You're being scammed. Okay, whatever it is that God is encouraging you to do, and you think, yeah, it's probably God, but understand that is a snake in grass, and he's lying to you. 
Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you be willing today to say, 